Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The catch is made by DJ Moore. Still going across midfield. Inside the 40, the 30. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google play, Stitcher, luminary, and tune in. You can also find us at believe.com and at believe podcasts on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new edition of the believe in Carolina Panthers podcast brought to you by bet online. I will not forget to read the read. I have it in my hand right now, so we will take care of that here in just a bit. Uh, Desmond Johnson here with you with uh, Carolina Panthers Sports Illustrated beat writer Skylar Callahan and the Carolina Panthers all-time leading rusher Jonathan Stewart. Here to recap, the Panthers falling to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 30-21 to on Sunday, uh, in effect ending any uh, playoff uh, hopes for the Carolina Panthers. We'll get into the implications of that uh, today. The Panthers do take on the Saints in the season finale next week. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, for a portion of the fan base. The part of the year that you've been waiting on, apparently the entire year is finally here. We can finally start talking about the offseason and the draft and what's going to happen with uh, Steve Wilkes. Were uh, Stu and uh, Skyler convinced that Steve Wilkes is the man for the job or is there someone else out there that could be in contention? Um, that's all here as well. It's Monday, so it's open mailbag. I know a lot of you guys have got a lot of stuff to say about what happened yesterday during that Buccaneers uh, game. You can comment on the YouTube video that's live right now at uh, youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio or on the Facebook watch video that's on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio Facebook page. You can listen to this audio down the road here later on today on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, before we get into all of that, we might even do a little tell them why you're mad too because I had a couple things I was frustrated about this weekend. Um, we'll uh, we'll get into that too, but before we do that, a word from our sponsors at Bet Online. Football is back. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And where we typically start on a Monday is a look at the box score. Uh, the Carolina Panthers fall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 30-24. to um, We'll just open it up here, conversation, as we recap this. Uh, guys, usually I ask you what was the one thing you took away from the previous day's game or the, pre- well, the previous day's game. Uh, Stu, let's start with you uh, after – Watching that game yesterday and the ebbs and flows of it, what's the one take the one big takeaway you could take away from uh the Panthers falling to the Bucks yesterday? Um, you know, for the, the fact that we had a game that was meaningful, um, you know, second to the last game of the season where we could make the playoffs. Um, you know, division or division rival, um, division opponent. Um, you know, our secondary our, in our, on our defense, you know, playing, you know, second, third string guys and almost beat Tom Brady and the Bay Buccaneers. Um, 
You know, if you would have asked me that, you know, fifth, fourth week of the season, um, I, I wouldn't, you know, personally feel led to believe that would be believable. I would have <laughs> hoped. Like, I was hoping. I was very hopeful all season, guys. You've been very uh, optimistic the entire year. You know, I was hopeful throughout the whole course of the season because I, I played this game, and, you know, all it takes is, you know, one play um, to really spark, you know, a season sometimes. And, um, and we got the opportunity to see that under Coach Wilkes. Um, so, I mean, looking back at the game makes me look back over the season. Um and I'm hopeful still, you know, for the Carolina Panthers under the leadership of Coach Wilkes. The way he was able to get the, the locker room to play the way they they played all you know all season under him. Um the way they fought yesterday. I mean, there was a lot of things that they didn't do well. Um, you know, giving up, you know, deep ball touchdowns to Mike Evans when he hasn't received a, a touchdown, you know, since week four yeah, um, of the that. season. <laughs> um, you know, stuff like that happens. But they still found a way to put themselves in position to win a football game. And that, to me, says they're building character. Um, you know, they're, they're figuring out who they are as players. And they're able to do that because of Coach Wilkes. Um, so my my head is high, um, as I'm sure um, everyone everyone's head should be high. Um the the fan base the fan base is in a bit of a flux because it's from what I see on Twitter and Facebook where there's a segment that feels I guess justified because they've said the whole time we're not making the playoffs we need to be on draft position blah 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 and now we can finally talk about that legitimately there's another half that's kind of confused as to what to do next based off of what we've seen in the past month uh you my boy blue uh believing Carolina Panthers super fan that game was a heartbreaker the boys fought hard though I say we run it back with Wilkes and Darnold give coach the opportunity to bring in his own staff the foundation is there Skyler what was your big takeaway um, watching this matchup between the Panthers and the Bucks? The Bucks clinched the NFC South second year in a row, thirty to twenty-one winners over Carolina. I would say probably Steve Wilkes is the guy. I mean, I'll just get right into it. I mean, that was yeah. that was my, my weekly column this morning, um, and and I said in my tweet, I believe that you know I I was originally planning to wait till the end of the season, end of next week, to to give my opinion on Steve, but. I kind of gave that out here a few times, make, made it kind of known that I, I believe that Steve is the right guy, and I think he is. I mean, people want to give him crap for losing yesterday or, you know, not making defensive adjustments in the second half or whatever the case may be. But, I mean, I'm going to tell you why I'm mad right now, Des. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's – yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad. I'm gonna tell you why we mad. I was waiting for one of us to dip into it. I haven't even got to my takeaway yet. But yeah, go, <laughs> go. Everybody is upset that they didn't make the so-called adjustments on Mike Evans. What was Steve Wilkes supposed to do? What was yeah. Al Holton gonna do? He was I down. Was going to your yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad. I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Son. Down to his third and fourth cornerback, C.J. Henderson and Keith Taylor Jr. You're having a number three covering a number one and a number four covering a number one and a number two. 
the only other option you had was a 35-year-old Josh Norman who was making coffee four days ago before the game. Yeah, He's not game shit. <laughs> like, he's not ready to come in and make an impact, and he's all not he's, all, he's not just going to come in and shut down Mike Evans after C.J. Henderson and Keith Taylor fail to do so. So, like, Otherwise, he would have been employed. He wouldn't have exactly. been working. He wouldn't have been owning a coffee shop working. And, he would have been working for somebody in the NFL. And it's not just that, but it's all along. It's the Panthers fan base, and I'm sure it's probably like this everywhere. The moment something goes wrong, it's like, okay, the perfection's not there anymore or the hope is gone because they can't make the playoffs, and it's like, oh, well, we need to change everything. No. Rip it all down. Like, yeah. What has happened the last 12, 13 weeks with this, with this team has been remarkable. For them to go from one and five, trading their best player, trading one of their top receivers at the time – to being in a spot where they can win out and get into the playoffs, like that's a very hard thing to do because you don't know how that locker room is going to respond to a new vision or a new culture, you know, that, that Steve Wilkes is trying to instill. And they, they clearly responded. But yeah. to me, like it's just the, the perfection of, oh, they've got to make the playoffs and, and they've got to make a deep run for Steve to, to get the job. Like, no, what he has done with the hand that he was dealt was more than what anybody could ask for. And for me, like, again, you just go through everything that they've been through. Three different starting quarterbacks, three different defensive line coaches. Like, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Like, and all, you just want to throw out that progress just because, all oh, they didn't make the playoffs? Like, yeah. no, no. They weren't I'm supposed sorry. to make the play. They were one in five at, a, at one yeah. point this year. You know, like, they. to be honest, I'm kind of mad at Tampa Bay. Like, yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we messed I'm gonna tell you why we I'm mad at Tampa because they gave the rest of the NFC South hope. Tampa Bay should have ran away with this division a month ago. Like, yeah. real talk. Like, because everybody else, like, we have built in excuses as to why we didn't make the playoffs this year. We fired our coach after week or after week six. We traded off our best player, like you said, Skylar. We we had built in reasons as to why we should have had no business <laughs> being in the position we were in yesterday. Yet here we were, where we could have won out and won the whole thing. And it's because of Tampa, and it's because of what Tampa's been doing the past month or so um we should have known last week when we were recapping this this is my big takeaway uh the secondary we we talked about the secondary being one of our strongest units in the preseason it was deep like we had a lot of dudes in the secondary and they kept adding some who knew that by the time we got to the end of the year the secondary would be our downfall and i the, my biggest takeaway from yesterday was it doesn't matter what you scheme doesn't matter what you want to do you're only as good as your personnel and your personnel showed up yesterday in a manner we did not want them to show up in. Uh, we literally told Tom Brady, hey, look, we're not going to really blitz you. We're going to try to get to you with our front four. We're going to drop everybody back, and we're going to let you just do what you do because we don't think you can do it anymore. And Tom Brady was like, okay, cool. And he went off and threw for 432, 432 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, those three long ass Mike Evan touchdowns. Uh, I think two were on Keith Taylor. One of them was on uh somebody, somebody C- else. CJ Anderson. Anderson. Yo, God, that one's the one. Yeah, let me. I erased my memory until you said his name. What the hell was CJ Anderson doing on that touchdown? It's almost like he got caught daydreaming, like in the middle of the play, and then realized, oh, the ball's coming this way. And by the time I get three, what's more like, aggravating about that play wasn't that he got caught looking in the backfield, but it was after the play where he could have still probably made a tackle inside the 10, yeah. and he just gave yeah. up. Like, he gave up. Yeah, Dude, I don't know. 
Steve Wilkes don't like that. I think that I want to get this out before I forget. But more more of why I'm at is everyone's complaining about Steve Wilkes taking that delay of game instead of burning that timeout. If he burns that timeout, they don't get the ball back at the end of the game. Right. Right. They oh that was part that was Chef's kiss. The the this Skyler to that point. How that how the end of the game was managed was perfect. Was perfect. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely that right perfect. there is if if that that's the reason why he should have the job. If they just had an outside <laughs> edge he, guy on that punt and could have got the, the punter with the with the messed right. up snap. Yeah, which by the way, that was that was probably the play of the season. My man went into game mode. Um, I was like, can you even do that? Like what he did? I was like, I was like, surely we're about to tackle this guy and be in great field position. Man. But he's a he was running to the left and a right-handed kicker. Like he's a right side, he kicks with his right foot. So to be able to do that on the run, running to the left, that's insane. Um, so he he saved he saved the Tampa Bay season to me. All right, let's get I'm I want to I want to give some sugar out. Okay. Um, Sam Darnold. Mm, talk about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like my man, my man played football yesterday. My man's been playing football since he's gotten the start. My man's been putting us in positions to win. Yeah, we had a little fumbaruski yesterday and and whatnot. That's gonna happen. But the way that he took instruction at the end of the game, marching down the field. I mean, that one play where he scrambled out of the pocket, he looked like a cat. Yeah. I mean, and, and just the awareness that he had to know that Chuba Hubbard was over there in the flat, his like his 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 preparation or something, I don't know what it is, but his awareness as a quarterback yesterday was elite. And the way he was I mean, he was just throwing dimes every time there was a every time there was a passing situation, he was throwing dimes. And I don't know what everyone else is thinking right now, but Going into this offseason, that's the Carolina that's the Carolina quarterback next year. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, those two fumbles, like I'll ask Steve today about it, but the first one where it looked like he wasn't ready for the snap. So yeah, I don't that know was, some yeah. miscommunication yeah. there or not. But the second one, I don't put that on Sam. That's not put that on him. Yeah. Nicky got burned. Burnt. He really did. <laughs> That that's not on Sam Lake. I mean, yes, you want to protect the football, but you're getting hit from the blind side. Yeah, like that. That's 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 a tough ass for a quarterback. But even with all those play those plays happening, right? He still shook. His, his mental was not shook, and that to me is important. Especially the final drive. He he yeah. set them up to get at least a chance for a potential hail mary. Brady Christian had the fall start, but even after that, there was even a, I think on that final play. For half a second, I thought Chuba was about to pop it. I, really I did, did too. I, <laughs> I did was like, too. "Is this going to happen this way? Is this is how yeah. it's going to go Andy down?" Right right next to Miami, New England. Like yeah. I was like, "Oh my gosh, here it goes!" <laughs> oh man, you know, yesterday actually, I think I got fully convinced on Sam Darnold yesterday. Like for, to Stu's point, just watching him kind of it was the first time we've seen him really comfortable, not just in a Panther uniform, but in an NFL uniform for a duration of a game. Like he looked like he was starting to get command of the offense. And I'm not really even all that mad that, uh, that we didn't run for a whole lot. We ran for 22 carries, 74 yards. The Tampa Bay's defense really uh, appreciated having Vita Vega back. And it felt like we were scheming 
thinking he was going to be back because we started off play yeah. action. I thought of both of you the very first play of the game. We were both been screaming, all of us have been screaming for them to do some play action to start out very first play of the game to do some play action, get down the field deep a little bit. So I was like, damn, okay, they're, they might be opening us up for Sam today. And Sam played a good game. He played a game. They didn't get blown out. They lost by six, and he had a chance to he kind of win it. What, 340? They were up. <laughs> yeah, he threw for uh, 341. 23 for 37, 341, three touchdowns, one interception. He had two sacks. Uh, his quarterback rating was 108. Like, and we're sitting here talking about C.J. Stroud. Like, that's another thing, too, because – Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we messed I'm going to tell you why we messed uh, I'm sure both of you guys probably watched or saw some highlights by now of the college football playoffs um, from Saturday. I will say I was impressed with C.J. Stroud of Ohio State. He was dropping some dimes on folks uh, in that game. I am irritated at ESPN. Mm-hmm. Because I had a house full of people. It's New Year's Eve. More than half of them are female. They don't care. Uh, although my mother-in-law is an Ohio State fan, so she was interested in that game. Hey, man, how be do careful. You, about your the women. game kicked off at 8 o'clock. How do you, how do you have a four-hour-long college football game that ends at midnight on New Year's Eve? Like, we literally had to, like, figure out how – because, like, it's 11.58. I'm looking at the clock. I've got the game on. They're getting ready to go kick it. And in my head, I'm like – they're going to do this right at midnight. Like, how am I supposed – my kids are – what am I supposed to do? So I got yeah. overruled. I had to change the channel to Dick Clark's Rockin' Eve or whatever it was and watch them miss the field goal on my phone and then get back over to it at 12.01. Like, they literally – the ball missed as the, the clock struck zero. You couldn't have wrote it any better. But that's on ESPN. Like, it should have been done by, like, 11.30. Send them off to wherever they're going to go. I mean, but if you're a true if if you're a true Ohio State and Georgia fan, though, that's the way you want to bring in the new year. (laughs) Because Georgia fans right now, well, not Ohio State because they they're going to remember this for the the whole. They did not want to bring it away. That ball landed in 2023, and it did not land where they wanted it to go. Because I was not aware how good they were. They ran. They went up and down the field on Michigan uh, all day Saturday. So that's. January 9th. And I bring that up because a portion of our fan base is looking towards the draft. And I keep hearing CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, all these guys. Skyler, isn't a, he isn't a fan of any of them, if I'm not mistaken, unless that's changed. Uh, I'm not I mean, really either. CJ Stroud has has the talents. Like, you can see the traits that he has. Strong arm. He can make just about every throw. Athletic, noble. But I'm just not – I don't get that franchise feeling out of not only just him but any of these guys. Like Bryce Young, same thing. Got a lot of talent. But are are, either, are any of those guys going to be a franchise-changing type quarterback? I could kind be of like last year's class. Kind of like last year's yeah. class. We, we, were re- we were hyping Malik Willis and, like, trying to convince ourselves to draft him in the first round. And really, I he was wasn't. a third-round three. No, you <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> Me and Skyler, we were talking ourselves into it by the time we got yeah, close to the draft. But So that brings up my question to, to bring this around a neat bow. Is Sam Darnold going to be the starting quarterback in 2023 for Carolina? Should he be the starting quarterback for Carolina in 2023? Yes. yes. I think He's so, starting. too. Because you still got Matt Corral, too, who's going to be back. I mean, there was a touchdown pass. Who was it to yesterday? Uh, Shy Smith? Yeah. Um, yeah the, uh, he, he ran a post. like a, yeah. uh, And uh, there was an underneath route that kind of like – it was like degrees of separation. Perfect time. And just the timing and the – but – the confidence, like the wherewithal to say, oh, there it is. Sling it in there. No question. No hesitation. Like, yeah. No hesitation. That was elite. Like, but not elite at the throw. 
elite at the read. Mm-hmm. Like he read that defense. He knew where exactly where where Shy Smith was going to be and where the ball needed to end up. Those are the throws that make or break mm-hmm. a guy. And you bring in a rookie guy that has talent and whatnot. Can he read a defense? And can he do it ASAP <laughs> when it matters, especially in red zone? Because this um, team is this team's built to kind of win next year if they can figure that that out. And they might have figured it out over the past. Yeah, I mean, month. Jake, listen, if we had JC Horn yesterday, we win the game. We dominate the game. We dominate the game. We were so, we were up fourteen going into the fourth quarter, right? Right. I mean, yeah. we won. We won the second. The first. We won the first half. We won the second mm-hmm. quarter, and like JC Horn's value <laughs> just went through the roof, and so get him healthy. Yeah. Like, you know, like our defense is our, our linebackers are straight. I mean, you guys, I don't know what they're gonna do with Shaq, but if if it's me, I'm bringing Shaq back, keeping mm-hmm. him around. Um, Payton, man. I mean, the way he played yesterday was inspiring. Like, the, like the him, uh, Frankie Louvu. Like, yeah. we really got a good. We got a good. We got a good defense. You know what I'm saying? Secondary answer the call there in some some areas. Um, man, there's a lot to be excited about. If you and if you look at look at it this way, like had Sam been healthy and and been the starting quarterback, just say since Steve Wilkes took over, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, I guarantee you they're in the playoffs. So those fans that are concerned about Sam coming back or who should be the quarterback next year, just think of it that way. Had Sam started since the Los Angeles Rams game, this team would probably not even probably more than likely would be in the playoffs right now. I'll go a step further. Think of the two games this season that the NFL had to apologize to the Carolina Panthers for blown calls on Monday. How uh, different that cost them games? The yeah. ver- week one, Cleveland, the fake spike. Everyone's forgotten about that. When Duke oh, fake yeah. spiked the ball, they didn't call it, and that cost us the game. Or the Atlanta game where they they called the penalty on DJ Moore for taking off his helmet when he wasn't on the field. Then later on that day, somebody else did it, and they didn't get called for the penalty. The NFL had to apologize to us twice. That's two wins. Yeah. It's literally two wins that got taken off of our – thing here where yesterday wouldn't have even been for the division it would have been we'll call we'll call it we got jacoby and then we got a fake flag <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then some of the other games that we should have won and just kind of farted away the the jets game comes to mind um man there's just there was so much opportunity this year and it just felt like for us to even be in this position yesterday after everything we had to watch throughout the whole year it's pretty yeah. remarkable, and that's on Steve Wilkes. So, like, the other question besides the Sam Darnold question is, uh, you know, is Steve Wilkes the front runner for the coach uh, right You're now? Don Skippy, boy. He should be. I mean, and the other reason I say why he is because if you look at this team, the first five games of the season with Matt Rule, it looked like a disorganized mess that had no chance of ever figuring it out, right? Yep. Steve Wilkes had that thing starting heading in the right direction in two, three weeks and kept on building on that week after week after week. How do you take a team that looked like absolute clutter? And there's another word that I'd like to say for it, but I can't say it on here. Cluster, you know what? <laughs> like cluster, you know what? To a team that was organized. Yeah, a fa- this is a family show. In week 17, like, to take it from one end of the spectrum clear to the other, it says, I mean, it just speaks volumes to what Steve Wilkes did. Yep. 
Uh, Willie Smith actually brings up a very good point. I'm mad at fans talking about the draft before we commit to the coach. That's a yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad. I'm going to tell you point. why we mad, son. Uh, Willie Smith, you sound, like, you sound like a general manager, boy. Yeah, <laughs> man. He, he on point. Um, but that's a good point. They got to figure out this coaching thing, and I think they will. I think – here's my question because it's funny that uh, people are like, why haven't they took the interim tag off of Steve Wilkes? He's doing such a good yeah. job. Well, they couldn't because of the Rooney rule. You have to interview uh, two minority candidates before you make a decision. Here's my question. With Steve Wilkes being a minority candidate, is he one of the two that they have to interview? Or are they interviewing two additional minority candidates before? Got to be two additional. And that's the only problem I have with the rule. I love the rule. I think it's a good idea. But when you have a guy that is a minority and you believe is the guy, and if you want to hire him, I don't feel like you should waste other people's times. It should be honored. Just go through it. Yeah, like it, because anybody that interviews for this job, if they've been paying attention, they're going to be like, "Man, we already know Steve Giddness. Like, we why are you calling us? Like, how are you supposed to even get people to come in seriously to interview if you kind of already know who you want? There should be an addendum or something to this rule because of the Steve Wilkes addendum. How crazy would it have been? I mean, obviously you're asking for a lot, but if if a team would have been in this situation like the Panthers and they go from one and five, you know, with or one and four with Matt Rule, Steve Wilkes comes in, say they won the Super Bowl. Like, obviously, they're not hiring anybody else. Like, <laughs> Got to two guys. That's a good <laughs> there should be, like, some type of addendum. Call it the, call it the Wilkesy rule. Yeah, yeah, call it the Steve Wilkes rule. Or just come in there as an intern, you start balling out. Uh, Brad Holt, uh, super fan for Believe in Carolina Panthers. Thanks for joining us, Brad. He says, Wilkes and Holcomb's lack of adjustments in that game cost us the loss. I think you might have came in a little bit late because we addressed that. What were they Come supposed on, to do? They didn't Brad, have anybody else to throw Max, on Mike Brad. Evans. Like, there, there was <laughs> one part of the game where Josh Norman showed up. Yeah, Josh Norman came out there and guarded Mike Evans, I think, once. And Brady, like, missed missed him entirely or something. And uh, I think Norman came in that last drive. He was out there. But clearly, uh, the Panther fan base thought that the savior was going to be Josh Norman from what I saw online. Like, why Norman playing? Like, it, right. he wouldn't get burnt by Mike if, Evans. If it was 2015, he wouldn't. <laughs> but if it's anything, not Panther, if anything, Panthers fans should know that that was probably not going to happen. Just look last year at Cam Newton when he came back. He was not right. going to be the savior for that team. Like, yeah. It's a completely yeah, so different player. Hey, Brad, what Brad has, Brad, what you have to understand, playing football, you can't just – I don't care who you are. Maybe at the quarterback position you can do this, but at a, at a position such as DB where you're – active every single play you got to be on every single play one bad step one slow turn and you lost yeah there's a lot that goes into the preparation um in playing the db position not to say josh norman doesn't have the elite ability but as far as the team's preparation the other guys that played that position yesterday we're more prepared, and you have to trust that. Now, as far as their uh, ability and, and what showed up on tape yesterday, now that's something that you have to you have to live and die by that. Because at the end of the day, the coaches' jobs are to put guys in position to succeed. Now, for them to not put Josh Norman out there yesterday, they must have known something and felt something and believed something. And so, the nature of the game is that. You, we, we would have loved to see this heroic moment of, yeah, you know, one guy coming in and saving the day. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I can tell you this. 
I saw Peanut Punch show up yesterday. Yeah, and they called it on the air too. They knew exactly and what so it was. I haven't seen I haven't seen that until yesterday. You know, guy guy clearly make a great play. Mm-hmm. Um great was it Godwin? Um yeah. I think it was, yeah, Godwin. It was Godwin. Great catch. Getting some yards after after catch. Boom. And it was intentional. Like, he knew what he was doing when he ran up on him. Yeah. (laughs) If I'm a betting man, I'm going to say that Josh Norman told somebody about that. Like, hey, we go into this game, make sure you knock the ball out. (laughs) So, I mean, there's things that are not seen, you know, on uh, like, there's things that are happening behind closed doors when you bring a guy like Josh Norman in that actually betters the team and helps the team is what I'm saying. And so, Coach Wilkes, Holcomb, Y'all better get off them boys. They did what they could. Nobody, and even that, it doesn't matter who was in the secondary. Like Tyler King right. saying, Norman should have played more because he was bringing energy to the defense. I'm sorry, but Keith Taylor was not the answer across from Evans. Should have put Norman on him. The answer for Keith, uh, the answer for uh, Mike Evans was uh, J.C. Horn, <laughs> and he wasn't yeah. available uh, yesterday. There wasn't anybody else in our secondary that was going to cover him man on man. Plus, and if you, and if you it, double them, then now you leave in the field wide open for me. Yeah. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing that washes all of that because everyone's blaming the secondary. They're looking at the wrong spot. You were giving Tom Brady six to seven seconds. Yeah, to throw in the world. Like he had no pressure. Like he's going to kill you. Like it don't matter who's in the secondary guard. You can't. There's no secondary in the NFL that can cover for six to seven seconds without pass interference. Or something because it's just too long, and you're going to let the goat have all this time to throw, and you're only rushing four, sometimes three. I mean, it just set up. I was more upset with that that they weren't bringing any pressure until they absolutely needed to. Uh, there was times where Brian Burns went in the game. Uh, I guess they were giving him a spell. I took also when I was saying you're only as good as your personnel. I don't know if I want a quarterback top ten. I might want the best defensive end, the best pass rusher. Like they need. They need to keep building this defense because you can get by with a uh, a game a game manager quarterback and the, the what they have on offense and have an elite defense. That's yeah. the kind of stuff that teams fear. They don't like playing teams like that. They would much rather play a team that's going to go up and down the field and try to outscore you than a depth. team that's going to try to beat you up. Having, <laughs> like having, having depth at each position that like really is a difference maker on the field is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, say Brian Burns needs a spell. You got another dog that comes in. It's like, oh man, I thought I was gonna get a break. Nah, you ain't getting a break. <laughs> we had a Son Reddick this year. If we had a Son Reddick still this year too on the other side oh, of Brian Burns, Jesus like Christ. it just would have and, and added Frankie Louvu. Like, I mean, I think we need to really sit down and, and ask ourselves, like Skyler said in this draft. I don't know if quarterback is necessarily it for if they let's say let's say it follows the plan we think and they hire Steve Wilkes and they keep Ben McAdoo. Or whatever. Although somebody did ask uh, a little bit earlier, uh, Gerald Mason, if Wilkes gets the interim tag off, what's the possibility of him bringing Pep Hamilton back home to Charlotte as OC? I would also like to keep Darnold and see what you got in Corral. Um, Pep is in Arizona, I think. Didn't he stay in Arizona? Uh, I think. I can't remember where he's at now. He turned it down because Rule was the head coach. And the theory was that he was a uh, lame duck, pretty much. But yeah, uh, Pep is from Charlotte. Um, I wouldn't mind him coming in as the OC, although the stench on Ben McAdoo has kind of worn off the past month, to be honest. Houston. Uh, Houston. I just I, Houston. He's in Houston. That's right. Um, hmm, he might be getting a quarterback first pick because yeah. they're going to be the number one pick in the draft, so he might stick around. Yeah, he um, might stick around so he can see, see what he can do with that. Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud might do something for him in Houston. Um, 
I we we just hadn't have a pass rush. Brad Holt, I agree, we haven't had a pass rush at all this year. I said it on the Thursday episode. Uh, a, a good friend of mine, a coach here in the area, had told me a long time ago, it don't matter what you plan if your quarterback's on his ass all day. Like it just don't yeah. matter if you can't get if, if you can get to him, then yeah, it changes it. If you can't get to him though. It changes everything. And, again, you can't give Tom Brady six or seven seconds to throw a football every play. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just not going to work out in your favor. And we found that out yesterday. Um, Tyler, do we know why Barno is always inactive? He could have got the speed off the corner with Burns. Barno is a cornerback, isn't he? No, Dean. He, the biggest thing with, with Barno is he's just he, – he was always going to be a project. Like, he's a long, lanky, kind of had the Brian Burns type build. Um like Brian came in, but Bur- or Barno, excuse me, he's he's kind of like a one-trick pony. He doesn't really have a whole lot of tools to his belt right now, and that's something that they're spending a lot of time with this year. He's trying to get his strength built up. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, this was always kind of going to be a, a long-term thing for him. He's probably never going to – I mean, I, I don't want to say never, but I don't think he's ever going to develop into like an every down type player. He can definitely be a certain, a very good situational passer, but not right now. So we'll, uh, we'll have more time to discuss um, the future uh, of course, going forward. I think we're going to, I don't know if we, we didn't really fully decide if we were going to do continue doing two a week now that we're out of playoff contention, or if we're going to go to the one a week format, Uh, we'll still be around. Uh, We've got, you know, Fans that have been with us throughout just don't care. Says the season has ended, but I'm glad we got this podcast. Looking forward to this becoming my top Panther source for info and fun discussions. Thanks, fellas. We appreciate you. Uh, just don't care. And everybody else that's joined us this year, our audience has grown considerably with the addition of Jay Stu wow. and the season itself. Uh, I, I was talking to John Ellis on Twitter last night, uh, who has a show down in uh, South Carolina and is a good Panther, uh, knowledgeable guy. Uh, yeah, I like John home. Ellis. Yeah, he's a good dude. And um, we were talking and uh, basically it was just like I was just like we uh, we as a Panther fan base deserve we should give thanks to Steve Wilkes because he made the rest of the season interesting. And where we were at after week six at one and five, I know me and Skyler were looking at it like, oh, because <laughs> we just did this last year. And, and yeah. I did it the year before where it was just like, can we trudge through another October, November, December of just lackluster football nothing behind it players going through motions uh and towards the end last year we we're getting blown out i think tampa blew us out last year, um, at the of the year. Yep. so um for that from to go from there in two months to go to here where we're actually excited about the future of the panthers and have things to talk about that's on steve wilkes um i feel like that should be a notch on his resume when tepper's looking at all this i have to think tepper has seen um how the the team has latched themselves onto Steve Wilkes. I do want to ask you this question, though, Skylar, uh, while we're here, because this is a bit of Panther news. I saw the NFL Players Association is is suing the Panthers or something for the the um, the field conditions from the week before against Detroit. Do you have any info on that or what's going on with that? I don't know much more about it. I'm going to try to figure out more about it today. I know they filed some sort of grievance against Carolina. And here's my thing, like – Yes, I understand that the, the surface is probably hard to deal with. It's Turf is already a pain in the you-know-what whenever 
you know, when you're playing on that compared to, to grass because it's not as given. Yeah, it's it's going to be even I worse when you're playing on grass. I want to cuss today so bad. <laughs> yeah. it, it feels like it feels like cement essentially when you when you get tackled on, on a frozen turf, pretty much. But my thing is, what what is Carolina supposed to do? Like, how how are they supposed to prevent that? Put put some heaters on the ground and just face it towards the turf to, to warm it up. Like they said, they wanted to delay it. Okay, well, if you delay it for 20 minutes, what's the it's, it's, the temperature's not going to go up 30 degrees. Yeah, it's like, still going to be zero. <laughs> it's going to be cold all day. And I know there, there's some probably like some heating systems and stuff that Turfs have. I don't know if Carolina has any. I, I kind of doubt they do. I mean, yeah, I mean, the thing is, you, we're not we're not a cold weather city right. like that. No, so, I mean, like, if we were in Minnesota, like the Minnesota uh, University of Minnesota, where yeah, uh, Vikings played. Uh, Green Bay for their stadium the opened up. Like their their field is actually heated, yeah. Um, because it has to be heated. Otherwise, we'd have these things to talk about, such as hard ground. I, I think Green Bay is like that too. I think Lambeau yeah. Field is like that, isn't it? And Soldier Field. I want to say they have something on that field to keep them thawed out. Um, yeah. Because but, again, man, they're Canada. <laughs> so. But to ask the Carolina Panthers to spend money on something that you don't need regularly, come on. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I would like them to go back to grass, to be honest. Uh, I know that is the, that would be beautiful. And the players have asked for it. I know the players yeah. have come out and said, "Hey, we've talked to Tepper. We want grass." I think Tepper changed it because he's using the facility for other like concerts and stuff, right? So the wear and yeah. tear of it. MLS soccer hey, plays there, I'm, so I, I get, I get it. It's it's expensive, but it's possible to do grass and still have all those events and stuff. I look at Heinz Field. Tepper knows exactly from Pittsburgh. They have concerts in that thing all the time. Yep. It's just going to cost more to put thought it and everything. But hey, if you want those, yeah. uh, you, my boy Blue says it's cold AF in Detroit. <laughs> I almost cussed myself. Uh, I don't want to hear no more whining out of them. They play in the NFC North. That, that's another thing that's kind of stuck in my craw. Like, really, yeah, out, of, tell you why we out of I'm all tell you why the teams we that could have complained about cold weather or whatever, is Detroit. Detroit's the one that's complaining about it. I mean, like, maybe y'all should play outside more often. Maybe that would help. Because y'all play in a dome in Detroit, like it's almost like they were shocked it was this cold outside or something. Like I, but, I, I get, I get the argument. Like as a player, like if I was, if, like for a second, just pause it for a second. So yeah. I'm playing for Detroit. I play indoors. I probably practice indoors, and whatever the practice practice conditions for me in Detroit, it's made to be manageable to where I'm not giving myself extra wear and tear. So if I'm traveling to a to a, another city in a stadium, my expectations are okay. We as a league, we're taking care of the players. I step on the field. I'm thinking to myself, "What is this? <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> I'm not ready for this." And so, like you from the opposing team, like talking about, you know, the Carolina Panthers and what they got going on. Yeah, you can say whatever it is that you want to say that's on your mind. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm pretty sure Carolina Panther players came out there and was like, ooh, this surface is hard, but you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta make do. <laughs> this is my this is this is the bank. This is the Bank of America Stadium. I gotta make sure I you know I take care of my my, my job and do what I gotta do because I ain't about to get fired over what I'm about to say about this. <laughs> you said you said it, dude. You said it when you did the walk around outside before the game last week that the Panthers were out yeah. there practicing, doing their thing. They went a line in sight except for the kicker. And so like for it's it's easy for the home team to like, you know, 
get put that in their brain in a sense of like, okay, mind over matter, the field conditions, it is what it is. It can't matter. So let me just lock in here. The opposing team, like, hold up, wait a minute. I was not expecting this. Coach, what's going on? Oh, we got to play with this? All right, well, this is stupid. <laughs> they knew for two weeks. They knew for two weeks how cold it was going to be in that game. Too. They didn't so know like, about I, yeah. I don't think they knew what that field was going to feel like. <laughs> no, nah, they playing on a uh, concrete surface. Um, So we – Tampa, Tampa didn't really rush for – well, we didn't think they were going to. They only rushed for 67 yards. But they don't need to when the GOAT thrown for 432. So they get close well, to 500 I will say, how, how many uh, receiving yards did uh, the running backs have? Um, Let's see. So receiving-wise, Mike Evans went over 200 yards, 10 receptions, 207. Uh, Fournette had four receptions, 19 yards. That's really it. It was really just Mike Evans on those three long passes. I mean, he, other than that, it was just dink and dunk, really. Um. Getting the ball out quick, and then once they realized we weren't really sending a pass rush, yeah. they started taking some shots downfield and taking advantage of uh, our beat up secondary, which was the smart thing to do. Really, yeah, it's um, not too often that I start feeling sorry for the opposing team when they play in <laughs> Carolina Panthers, but uh, I was feeling bad for the tight end <laughs> for the Buccaneers. <laughs> oh, what's that? Because um, uh, <laughs> he was him and Tom Brady were not on the same page. And whenever oh, he man. Was, when they were not on the same page, Tom was giving him that look like, you mother. <laughs> there was the one where, uh, was it, they, I'm trying to remember what happened. Did we fumble near, like, in our deep in our secondary or, or in our backfield or something? But we held uh, him yeah. three points. And yeah, I think yeah, we got, yeah. like, a sack on Tom or something on third down. And he got super mad and like spiked the ball and they called oh, the yeah, late yeah, game. Yeah, they called the late again. <laughs> yeah. And he looked like, at the ref like, you know who I am? And then the ref yeah, was like, yeah. I mean, you know who you are. You know who you are. Just keep it to yourself, buddy. Um so the, the Bucks win the NFC South. They'll move on. Um it's actually an interesting NFC race. Again, this isn't the end of the believing Carolina Panthers season. Yeah. We'll still be here through playoffs. I can tell you who I'm uh, rooting for now. <laughs> who? Yes. <laughs> who you got? I got the San Francisco 49ers. San oh, yeah. Francisco okay. 49 Yeah, I mean, McCaffrey went off yesterday. That boy, C-Mac, hit the, the the sonic boom on somebody yesterday. Mm-hmm. 49ers are, are, <laughs> are interesting because they got Brock Purdy doing this, which basically proves that they, you know, they can put anybody at quarterback right now probably and be okay. Uh, they can get Brock Purdy going to be the next – Brock Purdy, y'all heard it here first. He's going to be the next thing – Closest to Tom Brady. What? When it's all said and done. <laughs> when it's all said and done. I thought you were going to say Nick Foles. I Think you were about it, Nick. bro. Think about it, bro. Tom Brady. Tom Brady came came alive with a good defense. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's all true. That's all well and good until Tom Brady he's comes and takes the job next year when he's starting for the 49ers. And he had a running years. back to dump it off to. Man, that? hey, um, look, the NFC, the oh. NFC at the top because of the Eagles. I think a lot because of Jalen Hurts being getting injured, but because of that happening, the Eagles dropping two straight. The Dallas Cowboys might mess around and get the one seed next week. Like nah, we don't know nah, exactly listen. who Tampa is going to play. Uh, don't Tampa you talk about the Dallas. Dallas Cowboys. It don't matter who. who it don't, right it doesn't matter. Dallas ain't making it to the Super Bowl. So we might as well just <laughs> oh, <cap> <laughs> But watch this. Watch this be the year. Watch this be the year we get a Dallas Buffalo Super Bowl or something, and all this ends, and Dallas finally wins their Super Bowl, and Jerry can finally sell the team or whatever is going to end up happening. But yeah, you're Buffalo right. Keep up with the 49ers. 
I don't know about Buffalo so much. I'm thinking maybe Kansas City coming out of AFC. Like, it's funny though, because once you get out of the top four, like the division leaders for both sides, the whole league is 500 pretty much. They're floating right there at 500. Green Bay might get in the playoffs if they if they win, they're in next week. And they yeah. were left for dead a month ago. Um, we that were talking, we were talking about it. Great. So there, everything has changed. Everything has moved around. Does anyone here on this panel trust the Minnesota Vikings right now? Even no. though they're twelve and four, <laughs> they're twelve no, and four. No, no. they're three. Don't trust Kirk Cousins. <sighs> Man, golly, they—he's the only. He's a good player. He's a good player. He's a good player. He's thrown for twenty-five touchdowns in his first eight seasons. I think only like six or seven quarterbacks ever have ever done that. But how many times <laughs> has he been? Know. How many times has he been sacked? Oh, probably more than he cares to remember. Um, okay. <laughs> he's he's been sacked a bunch, uh, but still. Their their defense, Minnesota's defense, gives up too many points. I think I said it last week, where the offense scored three twenty five, the defense allowed three twenty eight or something, and they were twelve and three. They're twelve and four now. Um, (laughs) And after they gave up a forty burger uh, yesterday, uh, four of their losses, three of them have been by blowouts, and it's been to Green Bay, Dallas, and I can't remember who the other one was, and another one I think was Washington that beat them. So. I don't trust Minnesota. It's wide open. I'm saying all this because we're going to mess around and get Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl because it's so wide open and nobody's talking about him. And all of a sudden, Tom Brady's going to be in the Super Bowl. He's going to win his eighth ring, and then he's going to go to 49ers. That's what I'm you, want, you want to know something about Kirk Cousins? The top three most sacked quarterbacks in the last five years, Russell Wilson is number one, Matt Ryan mm-hmm. number two, Boy. Kirk Cousins number three. Listen. I don't know. It's, it's not all always. It's not always on the offensive line for them sacks. Just gonna let you know right now. So field position, time of possession, all those things matter when it comes to winning games. Field position, like which Carolina Panthers, because we have a great punter, right? Yeah. Oh, the fact that we that. can change. <laughs> the fact that we can like be backed up like in our own twenty twenty five. <laughs> And he just boot that thing, and it's just like, oh, never mind, doesn't matter. Field position still They're good. Only twenty. <laughs> <laughs> That's a luxury, like, man. So, so as a quarterback, so as a quarterback, it's your job not to take sacks yeah. because you putting your team in bad situations as far as field position. And so, you getting sacked that many times, bro, you ain't giving yourself a chance. Just, what Minnesota's got a good offense, but I don't know. That's twelve hundred and fifty yards of sacks. <laughs> <laughs> it's so wide open. <laughs> I just don't know. But good thing is, we'll be here. Willie's a little worried we we're going to be gone now that we're out of playoff contention. Don't worry, Willie. We will be here. Uh, it's not even an expansion. It's just continuation of the uh, the coverage. We'll be here for. Uh, we were just actually talking about this before we came on, and we can talk about this right before we get off here. What when can they actually start interviewing and making things official uh, with the head coach thing? Because that has to be first. We got to take care of that before we worry about the draft or anything else. Because if they're going to go get Jim Harbaugh or somebody, that's a different conversation than having Steve Wilkes yeah. coach. We got yeah, to figure can, that out. They can start interviewing um, assistant coaches on non-playoff teams or teams that have a first round buy. I think what was it due like three days after week eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, three days yeah. after the uh, last game of the season, the regular so season. So yeah. Wednesday of next week, they can start officially. And, and then after that, everything's after the wild card. So 
Uh, we may, I mean, who knows? If they, they get a couple of guys in here within the next couple of weeks and, you know, they come and have their lunch in Charlotte with, with one of the richest owners in the NFL and then uh, they can add that to the resume. And then uh, <laughs> then they name Steve the head coach in, in two weeks. Maybe that's what happens. But, um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if, if we find out who, who gets the job by the end of the month, probably before the Super Bowl. I mean, because they – I mean, if it is going to be Steve, and I think we all kind of feel like that's what it's going to be, that this, is, this shouldn't take very long. Uh, actually, here's the treat. John Mundy, J.P. Mundy, actually works for me over at Tobacco Road Sports Radio, and he's actually the guy, the Pittsburgh fan I've been talking about all year long, Stu. Says, someone make Dez stop mentioning Harbaugh. No. I ain't, I ain't, John, I ain't heard I ain't heard Desmond talk about Harbaugh in about six weeks. Really? Yeah. See, that's the thing. See, that's the thing, though. See, this is what they do to me, Stu. They paint me in this corner and say that I've been saying these things over and over and over again. But I got tape, man. I got receipts. Like, literally, yeah, I got a whole stop season about, of me not doing stop this. Talking so. my, stop talking about my dog, man. Yeah, man. Like, he he whips you out of the way. He whips you out of the way. Nah, JP's a good guy, man. He does a lot of uh, play-by-play stuff for me. Uh, he has uh, a show on Fridays here in the triad that we produce. So um, really good dude. Just uh, more glass half empty than half full type of guy. So <laughs> he's uh, he's a Steeler fan. So he's used to winning for 45 years. So he can he can kind of be uh, distant when it comes to other people's teams. But nah, in terms of coaches, I've, I've been on record. If it's not Steve Wilkes, yeah, go back a bank's truck up to Jim Harbaugh's house and see what he says. But if, if we're not going that route, I think we'll figure out next week what they're going to do because we'll start hearing the candidates that they're bringing in the interview. If we see them bringing in two minority candidates, like immediately, they're probably keeping Steve Wilkes. They're just probably trying to get past that that hurdle so they can go ahead and hire Wilkes and get on with the offseason. If you start seeing them going, uh, well, we're going to interview Harbaugh, we're going to interview Wayne Frank Kiffin, Wright, yeah, Frank Wright, and all these other dudes. That means they're not sold on Steve Wilkes and that it's wide open. So I think we'll know really soon what the deal is with uh, Wilkes in terms of is he in, is he out? Does he have to beat the Saints Sunday? Or is that game just inconsequential now? I, I don't think it even matters. I mean, here's my thing with the whole search is that David Tepper knows he has to get this right. So I don't know if I would look at that deep into it if they do start bringing like a Frank Reich or something like that because – He's going to look at every single option possible and turn over every page that he possibly can because he knows he has to get this right. Like, there's there's, there's no more time for, for this thing to keep drawing out and, and having another rebuild. Like, he's got to get this right to get this franchise back where it used to be. So, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he starts bringing in some other guys that, you know, maybe like a Shane Steichen or something like that. But, I mean... He's gonna he's gonna look at everything possible. I, I don't think it's gonna be as as easy as just bringing in a couple of two or three guys and, and giving folks the job. But I, I mean I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean at the end of the day, I, yeah, I, I feel like at the end of the day, it's easy for us to sit sit back and say, oh, the decision is Coach Wilkes. It's easy for yeah. us to say that because mm-hmm. if things don't pan out. We ain't getting burned for it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but I do personally believe that Steve Wilkes should have the job. But I think he's done looking enough. at looking from the lens from the owner, he's got to look at this whole thing at the big picture. He's got to actually go in and look at every single option because if he doesn't, he's not serving 
you know, his position um, to the best of his ability. So that's what people do have to understand is that Tepper's got to look at all this thing, this thing from all different angles. Um, and so that is reason why this, this rule is in place. Um, you know, and, and it gives guys an opportunity to really get good looks and whatnot. And so who knows, man? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm staying, I'm, I'm gonna stay very balanced from here on out until a decision yeah. is made. Um, so that I, way I mean, my heart isn't, you know, totally jacked up if things don't go how I think they should go. For people that are wondering what's going on the on the right side of the screen, Skyler's uh, he had to leave because he's because uh, <laughs> he's yeah, Skyler's got a Bentley, y'all. <laughs> yeah, Skyler's <laughs> chilling in the Rolls Royce on his way over to uh, Bank of America Stadium because he's got to he's got to go to the press conference. He's going to hear from Coach uh, Wilkes and some others. Is that a Bentley uh, or a Rolls Royce? <laughs> Oh the, man! Well, all the it goes down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chrysler oh. 300. I Chrysler 300. Yeah. We nice. see we, uh, Skyler's been using this believe money on uh, the the um, <laughs> <laughs> Tyler King asks, and we'll go ahead and get this out the way now. Though we're gonna get asked probably every week. Do, do you think Carolina would consider giving up a future first round pick for Sean Payton? No. I don't think the Saints would trade uh, Sean Payton to Carolina, regardless of what they offered. Um, Sean Payton uh, probably, Sean Payton probably ends up in Denver. I'm thinking that seems like a spot where he could land and be okay. Um, hell, I wouldn't be surprised if he went back to the Saints <laughs> if he's really wanting to coach. Like it ain't like it ain't like the Saints are be like, nah, bro, we good. We don't need you anymore. Um, he could easily be. I could see him with the Saints next year if, if they got a quarterback or something that he really liked. Uh, Tim S says, win, lose, or draw. It's always keep pounding. Weeks did. Wilkes did a great job with the hand he was dealt. Uh, absolutely. Um, again, we've been on the Steve Wilkes bandwagon now for six weeks. We, uh, it hasn't been anybody else that we've said we wanted b- besides Steve Wilkes. And I think the Nathaniel Hackett situation in Denver, uh, cause Hackett was Aaron Rodgers quarterback coach or something, wasn't he? But isn't that kind of how he got the job? They thought it would be a good fit. The new offensive wonder kid, <laughs> young dude, everybody wants a Sean McVay. Like everybody wants to find that dude, but there's not 30 of those dudes. There's only one. So like, stop trying to. Stop trying to find and an what, offensive genius to run your team. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm telling you. Like, you, could, you could be a wizard on the whiteboard, but if you don't develop players, if you don't have a vision for the franchise, if you can't get guys to buy in, all that stuff doesn't even matter. Like, yeah. Right. <clears throat> Look at the Rams. Look at the Rams and the situation they're in right now. They basically traded off all of their draft collateral for like the next 15 years, it feels like, for that one Super Bowl. And now it's like, can McVay – develop dude well he didn't have anybody develop they don't have any draft picks so it's like they kind of sold their soul to do that and then it, it kind of tainted the rest of the coaching pool going forward because everybody wants that next dude i want steve wilkes for everything he brought to the table he matches the profile he's he's the fabric of panther culture he's a defensive yeah. guy which always works here and he understands what we need to do like yeah this Desmond, shouldn't be that, hard that <laughs> what you just hard. said the fabric of panther culture that's who Steve Wilkes is. Yeah. When the Pittsburgh Steelers go and hire coach, uh, when they co- hired Mike Tomlin, he's they said, "Oh, Mike Tomlin is the fabric of Pittsburgh Steeler Nation culture." That's what you bring in here. So you look at what the Carolina Panthers have been in the past, and you say to yourself, "Hmm, over the extended period of time here, the years that they have been very successful, what has that looked like?" It looked like 
the last 10 games under Steve Woods. <laughs> Every time. So, <laughs> no matter the coach. We've been successful. It's looked like that. Ron Rivera, John like Fox, Dom Capers. It's been that formula. So why would we change yeah. it? And Tepper, Tepper just saw what happens when you try to change it. He just went through two and a half years of trying to change the culture into something else. And think of it like this, David Tepper, Mr. Tepper. You were just a fourth quarter away from hosting a playoff game. For the first time in the five years you've owned this franchise. And it's due to that dude. It's due to Steve Wilkes and Al Holcomb and what they did to flip this around. The players have been vocal in national media saying they want Wilkes. Uh, what happens if you go hire somebody else? After they they put themselves out there and said, we want Wilkes. You go and hire somebody else. What happens then to the culture of the team? Like, you might get ran out of here. Like, yeah. <laughs> like for real. Like, the Panther fans are at a point where it's like, look, man. Tepper's got to show us something that that makes us feel like he cares, that he's invested. And yeah, some one- somebody, so I got a I got a branding exercise here that I want to do with marketing wise for Steve Wilkes. Somebody go and print out some some shirts that says www.coach. We want Wilkes.coach. <laughs> I'm writing this down because I can actually yeah. <laughs> www.coach. Or www.steve. <laughs> Antoine Grant says, Tepper got to give Steve Wilkes the job. It's too much upside that he can bring. If he ends the season 6-6, six and six, what if he had those games Matt Rule had earlier in the season? I see three wins easy. I agree. I agree. Yeah, we, I think this was a – about that. You huh? said 10 wins. I picked 11 off of the roster. If it had the right driver earlier on, I think they could I mean, have it, it, It's really right in front of David Tepper, like – Sometimes it's just too obvious, and and you want to go away from the obvious. But I mean, like the the team slogan is literally "keep pounding," right? And that's all this team has done since he's taken over the job is keep pounding through the adversity. Whether it was you know trading Christian McCaffrey, trading Robbie Anderson after his blow up on the sideline, to starting three different quarterbacks, to again the, the, all the assistant coaches leaving, the cold weather. Like there's always been some sort of distraction it seemed like every single week but it didn't matter they kept pounding they kept going through it they overcame the adversity and they were in the in the mix in the final two weeks of the season like sometimes this is the right choice so so comments coming in pretty quick here as we get towards the end of the episode uh i gotta correct brad holt here and Stu was actually on these squads Defensive head coaches have never gotten us back-to-back division titles. I hope Wilkes can be different. Hey, bro, uh, we won uh, three in a row <laughs> with Ron Rivera <laughs> as a uh, defensive head coach. Um, 2014, slow your, slow your roll there, Brad. What was it 2013, 2014, 2015? We were uh, NFC South Division champs. And uh, my man uh, – well, don't point the wrong way. My man over here, <laughs> yeah. he was on those squads. So, I didn't want uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we did that. So, we did that. Yeah, so – we love we love you, Brad. Listen, but yeah, Brad, Brad, uh, <laughs> Brad. Always remember this one thing: you look at the years past, you would rather take execution over schematics. Yes. You can have the best plan in the world to go make a billion dollars, but if you ain't got the execution, it ain't gonna happen. That okay? yesterday, that happened yesterday <laughs> in the secondary. It, right. it, you're only as good as your personnel. That, that's the thing right. I learned yesterday. Like, if you can't and just so, roll out third string cornerbacks and be like, well, we got the scheme. We'll, we'll, the scheme. What I would be excited to see is what happens in the draft, what happens in the offseason, player personnel wise, under Steve Wilkes. Yes. Defensive coach. That's the new. 
That's, that's the new thing. That's yeah. a whole yeah. like yeah, that's oh my god, I just got chills. Woo. That's what I'm saying. Can you can you imagine getting giving Steve Wolf that first that top ten pick for him to go get a defensive dude to go put in that or defense just, that he already yeah, just Ah. <laughs> I mean, our, our offensive line, our offensive line, like the way they've been Sonny. playing this year, they get a whole offseason. Son Deonta Foreman. Son Deonta uh, Foreman, because I think you have yeah. a one-year deal. Yeah. And Skyler oh, probably correct me on that. Lock up Bozeman and Corbett. I think those were one-year deals. Son, get them locked in. Get this offensive line for the next couple of years. Uh, you got Corral coming back off of IR. So your quarterback situation sitting there. If a, a quarterback like Anthony Richardson or somebody drops to you, okay, yeah, fine. We'll take a flyer on that. But you got Sam as a bridge. Right now. What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, by the way, uh, JC is done for the year. He's on injured reserve. So they put JC Horn on injured. Okay, so breaking news here at the end of the episode JC Horn's done for the season, just got placed on IR. Uh, no reason to have him out there with a club with them out of playoff contention and he's a leader going forward on this team um i think that was pretty apparent after watching them without him yesterday and don't forget dante jackson he gets a bad rep but we would have been in a better spot yesterday with jackson out there at least like if dante jackson had been out there and they just re-signed him so he's gonna be here for a couple years like you got jackson you got uh you got horn you got got derby chin and woods and safety like there's a lot of good stuff to be excited about with this team and they're young like most of the, mm. everybody I just named, most of them are on rookie deals. So like, yeah. this almost sets up where, uh, like when Seattle won their Super Bowl with Russell Wilson, that team had a lot of rookie deals, a lot of young guys they drafted in the draft. That's how they built the Legion of Boom, and they were able to do it because Wilson didn't have a big deal yet, so they were able to keep it all underneath the cap. They went and run the ring. Same thing is kind of happening with the Panthers, where say you sign Darnold to a team-friendly deal, the other quarterbacks that are going to be in there are going to be on rookie deals. So unless you bring a guy in, which I don't think they would yeah. need to do. Um, Man, speaking of, speaking of Russell Wilson, speaking of Russell Wilson, <laughs> taking it off topic right quick. Man, the Denver Broncos, man, look. Like, I'm glad they got rid of that coach. Right? They, they didn't look bad yesterday. They didn't they look bad. Look bad. Nah. Okay, I'm glad they got rid of that coach because they that was a problem. So <laughs> he might have been the, the only problem, maybe. Because like, I mean, really, like it makes me like look at this whole situation differently. Like, like if you have somebody really running a team with bad culture, with bad advice, like that's toxic. Yeah. Clearly, some toxic stuff going on in that locker room uh, with that head coach at the position hey, that I'm, he was in. I'm telling you, that Sean game Denver. Because that game yesterday, I was, like, looking at a whole different team. And then you see Jerry Judy go out and defend Russell Wilson. I appreciate that, brother, man. Like, you know, let everybody talk crazy about Russell Wilson. But you as a player in that locker room, you got to take care of your guys. Because yep. only, only people that know is y'all. And so it was good, it was good to see Jerry Judy come and clear the air to let everybody know, nah, all this stuff y'all talking about Russell Wilson is false. Um, Carl, Carl, Van, Carl Van says, love Wilkes, just want Wilkes to be slightly better at game decisions. Feel like that fourth and inches put, punt hurt us in the end. Um, actually, I was feeling that way at first until, like we said earlier in this episode, the way they handled the game clock and the situation at the very end of the fourth quarter so that they could get the ball with three timeouts left and give them a chance, they they did it perfectly. Like, as we were sitting there watching it and, the, and they were saying it on the air, what they had to do, Normally, you're like, well, the coach ain't going to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's just too, he ain't going to do that. He's going to do something else. 
they followed it to a T. They got it exactly the way it was supposed to be. So by the time they got the ball back, and actually the, the botched snap on that punt ended up hurting them because it took seven, eight seconds off the clock because we ended up having a penalty. Or no, they had a penalty, a man downfield or something. So it, it, they had to kick it again. So it took seven, eight seconds off. So Sam had like 28 seconds or something by the time we got the ball. But the way they did it for us to even have that shot was game management by the coaching staff. Like that was that was Wilkes and company doing that. So I'm not worried yeah. about that at all. Like they they're on it. The the fact that that punter punted the ball, that's what hurt us. Killed <laughs> us, man. Like I was looking down too when it happened because I'm like, man, they about to punt and we're gonna touch back, blah, blah, blah. Then I heard a roar from my TV. I look up and the dude's running for his life. I'm like, oh my God, is this about to happen? I was like, oh man, we about to be in field position, about to score. What? I was thinking we were going to get the ball and run. I thought we were going to run it into the end zone. Like, are we going to win this game like like this? Like, this is, you can't write it any better than this. But uh, Willie says, this is a young, talented team with potential and a great upside. I agree to that uh, as well. Uh, We got to get out of here. We actually ran past where we needed to go. Uh, We don't really need to preview the Saints. Um, I, so what did we decide here, guys? While we, I got all three of you here. Do you want to do a second episode later this week, or you just want to come back at the beginning of, of each week like this? And we'll do come back at the we'll come back at the beginning of each week um, okay. and clear up the news and follow the playoffs. Um, cool. You know, next week y'all gotta find a team to pick. Y'all can't y'all can't pick the uh, the Forty Niners. Yeah. Uh, but so next week when we get in here next week, we'll know the playoff uh, field. So we'll we'll do that. We'll do like our early predictions. Who's gonna make the Super Bowl? Uh, maybe by next week we'll have an idea of what's going on with the coaching search for the Panthers, where uh, Coach Wilk stands. We'll get an idea on that. Any news or notes with the Panthers roster, any of that kind of stuff, we'll keep you up with all that as we go along. But typically we run until the Super Bowl. So we'll be here with you giving us or giving you full-blown NFL coverage for the next month as we get into the playoffs. Uh, And that way we can still cover uh, the Panthers, what's going on with them, the coaching search and everything else that will be gone after the Super Bowl, but we'll be back near the draft uh, for a couple of weeks and we'll go through draft um, picks, things that we might want to look at uh, in the draft because who knows what's going to change between now and then, but I agree. We need to get the coaching situation first before we really start talking about the draft. Um, So we'll do that. Skyler again in the Bugatti on his way over to Bank of America Stadium. Uh, Go ahead and switch over, (laughs) switch over to the Panther feed because they'll be live I'd imagine what, like at one, I, I would think, or Skyler's late. One thirty. <laughs> so yeah, so they'll be live at one thirty. Flip over there. I think Coach Wilkes will be talking. Uh, I don't know who else will have there with him, but Skyler will be there asking questions, doing his thing for Sports Illustrated. Um, and again, Tyler, great show, guys. Looking forward. I'm going to Green Bay since Jay Stu is going with the 49ers. If Green Bay and the 49ers see each other, the 49ers are going to beat Green Bay because they always do <laughs> in the playoffs. I don't know why, especially if it's at Lambeau. Like so. We'll see. We'll get into all of that. That should be fun with the fan base, too, where we can start talking about some other teams uh, starting next week. So we'll be back with a brand new episode next Monday. Previous episodes are available on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, everything's brought to you by betonline.ag. Go over there and get your bonus uh, with the Believe code. Uh, for Skylar Callahan and John Stewart, I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been listening and watching the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on Believe Podcast Networks. We'll see you next Monday live. Keep handing Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.